Thank you guys for joining us for the first ever Cloud Bar uh, brought to you by SoundCloud. This is uh, original programming. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Dave Bogan. Uh, I'm the head of third-party partnerships at the Mechanical Licensing Collective. I also work with a number of independent artists across my career in a number of capacities from label representation and indie level management. I'm joined here today with a great panel that includes influential powerhouse agents, Carolyn Yim and Zach Iser, uh, who represents Anderson Pock, Rico Nasty, Ray Schmerd, Future, Kehlani, and many more. And they're going to talk about how they're handling the rapid changes in their business due to the current pandemic. I'm also joined here by Matthew Burnett and Jordan Evans, who manages a number of artists as well. I'm also going to round off the panel with Byron Wilson, who are part of the management team of Jesse Reyes and Son Real. And we're also going to uh, provide a cool overview of how we're navigating this time in the COVID-19 era and really try to get to the root of some of the issues that we're facing and our artists are facing. So first of all, panelists, thank you for joining me. Uh, I'd like to let each of you just quickly give a quick brief introduction of yourself so the audience have a better understanding of who you are. Uh, I'll start with Carolyn. Hi, I'm Caroline Yem, and I work over at CAA as a music agent. Um, I do domestic touring and handle everything from artist appearances, festivals, colleges, touring, etc. Thank you, Zach. Take it off. Can't hear you, Zach. Zach. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're yeah, muted, buddy. There you go. We're unmuted now. All right. So I'm Zach Iser. I uh, work <laughs> thanks, at the CA <laughs> uh, in the music department with Caroline. Uh, been Matt. working with Caroline for over 10 years and uh, work on a bunch of the same clients with her, brand deals, film TV, uh, and all concerts. Thank you. Matt, introduce yourself, please. Yeah, for sure. My name is uh, Matthew Burnett, and I am a producer, manager, and musical director. I manage Daniel Caesar and Charlotte Day Wilson alongside Jordan Evans, who you hear from momentarily. Um, and yeah, produce Daniel Caesar as well, a bunch of other artists, and musical directs, numerous other artists as well. Thank you. Jordan? Cool. My name is Jordan Evans. Uh, very similar to Matt. I'm a producer and manager. I've been producing for about a decade now. Um, and I manage recording artists, Charlotte D. Wilson and Daniel Caesar. Thank you. Last but not least, Byron. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'm a manager. Uh, I manage Jesse Reyes and Tom Real. I'm doing this for about 10 years. Um, I work with Zach one and then also work with well for music. Thanks for the intros, everybody. Um, so listen, before we kind of dive into some of the issues that we're all dealing with, I kind of want to go back a little bit and talk about how we got into the game. Um, let me just jump over to you, Matt, really quick. Just tell me a little bit how you got started. Like, how did you get to where you are today? Did, did you start off thinking management was what you wanted to do, or did you kind of get into this through uh, a chain of, of, of various events? 
so basically I got my start as a producer first, um, grew up in church, was a musician, and then started producing in high school with Jordan. Jordan and I went to high school together. We also went to high school with T-Minus and Boy Wanda. So we came up with them as producers. Uh, we were signed to Boy Wanda for a few years. That's where we got our foot in the door on the production side of things. Shortly after that, uh, that's when we found Daniel, Daniel Caesar, started producing him. And then management kind of just like fell into our laps because, you know, there was nobody else to do it. Um, so once we started doing it and realized, okay, like, you know, we're, we're decently <laughs> equipped for this job and things are actually going well, we're doing something right. Uh, we pretty much just continued on and it's been about six years and, you know, we're still trucking along. Uh, and then obviously my background in church, uh, I did a lot of band leading. So, you know, after managing and producing Daniel and running around touring all over the world, um, that's when I decided to start musical directing for other artists that needed my services as well. Nice. Thank you. Caroline, how'd you jump into this? Um, I actually started in music um, via internship at Hidden Beach Recordings, which was actually Jill Scott's first label. And um, I did a lot of street teaming and working for one of the ARs in the office. And then I started working or actually interning at Interscope Records. And I worked in the publicity department and learned a bunch of that stuff on that side. And I really thought, wow, I wanted to be a publicist. Um, I got laid off when all the labels kind of changed up in like 2001, two. And um, I went the agency route shortly after that. And I really didn't know what an agency did. Um, and then uh, just learning under my boss, touring started really growing and getting super big. So I stayed in touring and, and now I'm here. <laughs> nice. Zach, how'd you get into this? Hey, yeah, I uh, grew up as a musician and uh, always wanted to be in the live music business. So I uh, moved out to New York uh, for college, went to NYU, studied music business in school, uh, did a lot of internships from music venues to performing rights organizations to record labels and decided that the agency route was the route I wanted to go. Felt the most stable at the time. And uh, first job outside of college was at ICM and was there for 11 years and moved to CAA two, two and a half years ago. That's my story. Nice. Byron, throw it over to you. How'd you, how'd you get into this? Yeah, um, I grew up where I grew up, there wasn't anybody else really in the music industry per se, um, outside of like a couple people. Um, so I moved to Vancouver and was an artist and he was at a point in his career where he was just sort of was at a crossroads. He was making music and like handing out tapes on the street and doing that thing. And I was in college and I decided I was just like, wasn't the right me. I didn't know where I was going. So I and I uh, reached out to him and I and how can I, how can I help? Like, what can I do? Um, and we started together and it just started with me. Literally doing it in Toronto, Ontario. Um, and then we just grew and we, we, we were shooting music videos. Um, and that's how I met Mauricio Ruiz. He then introduced me to Jesse and we now manage her together. But it was really like, you know, it wasn't something that when I was growing up, I was like, I got to be a manager. It was something that kind of like popped up and I do it and I've been doing 
and ever since. Thank you, Byron. Jordan, pass it on to you. How'd you get into this? Sounds very sure, similar to Matt, but, I'm, but I want to know. Say, <laughs> I, I, like... I love when you. Yeah. I love That's when you ask first. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to say too much. Very similar. I mean, we've been working together since. Yeah, since high school. High school. You know, producing, crazy. producing first. Um, and then, like you said, I guess maybe just to expand on it a little bit. You know, we uh, we always knew we wanted to work. You know, very closely with artists and and develop talent. And I think along the way, we sort of found that what we were doing there wasn't much distinction between artist development and management so we said let's just let's just keep doing it and see Uh if we get to a point where um we feel like we we need you know someone else to take over we didn't really find that point i think it was really just about leaning on our mentors and um and and expanding the team so that's what we did so and that's that's where we are now we manage a couple clients and and still producing and you know, we have our hands in a few other things creatively, but yeah, that's how we got to this point. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I, similar to you guys, uh, it's actually similar to Carolyn. I started with, um, I did an internship in public relations. When I was in college at UCLA and hated it and realized I didn't want to do public relations. Um, but I did like live events. So I was a big club promoter. Uh, I was one of the top club promoters uh, in the college scene in Los Angeles. And that kind of grew into managing DJs my senior year and I started a DJ management company. Then we started managing Red Bull DJs and I started doing Coachella and Nocturnal and EDC and like other stuff. And that kind of grew to some DJs wanting to be producers and working with producers, then working with artists and then working with artists to, to working with live, you know, started managing live acts. So it's been kind of this series of events where I never wanted to start in the beginning. And, um, and now I'm doing none of that. Now, you know, now I'm at the mechanical licensing, uh, collective standing up the next music rights organization that powers the songs in the United States. Um, so you know, our journeys go different places. So speaking of journeys going different places, right now we're in a totally different place, um, dealing with trying to maintain a sense of continuity um, at a time where um, you know our creative and business uh, pursuits are being challenged. So let's talk about um, discovery because all of you are in, in a role where you're discovering. Um, new artists, but you're also discovering collaborators for your existing artists in different ways and different capacities. So how are you doing that now um, where you've been pretty much you know, off the streets for the last two months? How are, you know, how's that changed your discovery uh, strategy? I'm going to start with, uh, start with Zach. Yeah, I, um, it's definitely a, a different and complicated time right now. Um, so pretty much discovery used to be um going to shows and 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 being able to you know talk to different people and and meet people in person a lot of uh, a lot of our business is done face to face and so you know we've had to switch over to you know a lot of social media and and video conferencing and luckily the technology is great and we've been able to take advantage of that so um you know a lot of our and our work comes from relationships and being able to meet people and network with people and having good friends in different positions, whether they're lawyers or work at a record label or in the management business. And, you know, they're still able to let us know who they're looking at and who they're signing and gives us a chance to get to know them and meet them. Hmm. Matt, is that similar for you or is it a little bit different? Um, I mean, I will say right now, I feel like um, there's a there's a greater sense of collaboration, whether we're talking musically, creatively, or, you know, uh, amongst teams. So that's kind of cool. Um, and in terms of discovery, it's kind of like, I think there's always been um, 
a pretty strong onus placed on the digital aspect of discovery. Like I feel like now that everybody's inside, for me, in terms of finding new artists, finding new collaborators, I don't really notice much of a difference because a lot of it was done online before anyways. So I will say that's like the biggest thing that I've noticed is like, you know, I'm talking to my team a lot more, um, you know, thinking about new partnerships, new relationships, reaching out to people more on the music side and creatively, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, more people want to collaborate and send ideas back and forth. It feels like, you know, we're back in high school, you know, just making beats with our friends. So that's one thing that I could say about this Corona period. It's just like, that's been, that's been fresh and exciting. Um, but in terms of a change and discovery for me personally, not much of a difference. Would you say, Byron, that you were already using technology as a discovery platform, you know, kind of pre-COVID-19? So really right now you're just more kind of highly focused on it as opposed to, you know, this being a evolutionary change or revolutionary change for, for you? Um, yeah, I would, I would say that. We may have lost you. Yeah, I don't hear him. All right, we're not hearing you, Byron. So I'm gonna let you uh, check on your connection, and I'm gonna pass that question over to Carolyn. Um, do you think yeah. that um, there's? Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say similar to Zach. I mean, I'm still using. I mean, the one thing that I miss is the interaction and sitting with people face to face. But because of the technology, we can do stuff like this, you know, and and video conferences and conversations and um i did find a lot of my talent on soundcloud i mean actually when um i think the attorney and a and a mutual friend of ours actually sent over daniel's music to me and it was on soundcloud so i was able to listen to i fell in love with the music right away and i was like i gotta get in touch with these guys and um you know, was able to find Matthew and Jordan, you know, through the mutual friends. But yeah, I mean, I have the time now to even more so really search, listen, and find things, which is which has been a good thing. So nice, nice, thank you. So you know, I think right now more so than ever, uh, we know that relationships matter. Right. Relationships are enabling us to have some sense of continuity. Relationships are enabling us to make very tough decisions from a business standpoint, especially around cancellations, around, you know, tours that were planned or bookings. Like, you know, there's a lot of relationships. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, how do you make authentic connections to build the right relationships for your artists and for your careers? Um, I'm start with you, Jordan. Um, I think now it's it, it maybe building those real relationships is a bit tougher because, you know, you, it's always stronger when you can spend time with the people. But, you know, um, I know for us in this panel, it always comes from connections from people that we already know. Like even to touch on the, the question before, like that's how I find that's how I find music is people sending me stuff, you know, Zach or Carolyn or Byron sending me stuff that I haven't heard before and, and vice versa. And I think. Um, I think that's just, you know, like we maintain our relationships and, you know, we have, there's nothing stopping us. We have we obviously have all the technology, so there's nothing stopping us from maintaining our relationships. And there might even be uh, an increase in that because people are home when they're bored and they, you know, they want to check on people. And so, you know, it, it's like, maybe it doesn't always have to be a business conversation, but you can just check on your people and say, how are you doing? How was the week? Or, you know what I mean? So like, I think that like can definitely strengthen the, the relationship. So it's good. 
Nice. Matt, do you have an example? Um, or actually, if, if any of you have examples, you can raise your hand. I'll call on you. Uh, but give me an example of how your relationships have really stood up for you during this time. Uh, maybe an example of someone that really came through, even if it's from a business level or personal level, that helped you with just kind of your focus. Um, if any of you have an example of a recent uh, scenario where you know that relationship really came through, I'd like to talk about that. Um, well, I'll, I mean, I'll start I with think... mine. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, by all means. No, <laughs> go first. <laughs> I'll chime in now. Um, <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, you know, right now I've been working with, um, you know, I had some downtime. Actually, prior to COVID-19, I had some downtime, but obviously I had a little bit more downtime once once this began. But, um, you know, I had a friend of mine who's managing producers and she came to me and said, look, you know, my, my, my client has some downtime and um, he's been having, uh, uh, we, we want to take this time to look into his catalog, right? And um, I took some time and I connected with uh, a buddy of mine who does uh, royalty forensics. I do royalty forensics uh, around um, uh, attribution, uh, rights attributions. And so basically, however the producer contributes to a work, uh, we analyze that and determine how it, should, how it should be paid from different sources. Anyways, we spent some downtime. Within 10 hours, we found that he had unclaimed royalties in Germany, U.S., different territories. Um, that was a time where it took me out of a funk, actually, right? I was already not doing work for a period of time. Um, and then this just, you know, this came about. Um, and then I had this project that landed on my, on my, uh, lap to be able to kind of get something going. So, uh, that was actually very helpful. Um, so I'll pass it over to, to you, Matt, to talk about, you know, a relationship. <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, one thing that, you know, we we pride ourselves on is making sure that everybody who's a part of our team is is family. Like like we we can connect on a level that's not necessarily just business, but it's also like, you know, I could call you and just have an hour and a half, two hour conversation about anything but music. You know what I mean? So I feel like once you can connect with your team on a personal level, it just strengthens the business side of your relationship. And that's one thing I could say about all of our team members and our extended team is just like, you know, we will go and hang out. Like these are people that I will go out and hang out with on a Friday night, whether it's, uh, you know, something music related or not. Like Caroline and I, like Caroline's like my big sis. Like, you know, we'll talk about anything from food to TV shows to whatever it is. You know what I mean? And so I feel like in the beginning of this pandemic, in, in particular for me, the first two weeks was rough because I was like going on, I was going at a hundred like since the start of this year. Yeah. So we pretty much hit quarantine. I was bouncing all over the place. I was on tour with Jesse and, and Byron. I was up and down, I was doing the most. And then to just go from a hundred to like zero mentally, it was really, really tough. And, you know, talking to Caroline, talking to Byron, Zach and Jordan, just like having the, the team members not necessarily just be business relationships, but people I got actually talk to and talk through things like, yo, I'm going through it, man. Like I'm going stir crazy. I got to do something and having them to be like, yo, we're all in this. Like we're all feeling the same thing. Don't worry. Like it's all good. That really helped me personally. And it was because we're such good friends and we're family that we were able to do that. So. I think in business, that's very, very important to have that kind of network around you. Absolutely. The support is, yeah, the support is really important. Um, at this time, like Matthew said, like we're able to discuss things that were stressing us or, you know, causing anxiety and, you know, just making sure that we were all good. You know, I got to see and, and talk to so many people and really connect with them, you know, during this time, which is still weird. You know, it's still a weird thing to process right now. Well, that's yeah, one I think, great. I think before this, 
I think before this time we were all just so go, go, go that all the conversations were very business related. But um, now that we've got time and we're, we're kind of stuck in one spot, we're actually checking in on people and, and, and learning a lot more personally about the people that we work with. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, anyone else anything to add? Well, okay. I, mean, I, I find this. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I'm finding this time to be great right now with, you know, actually being able to catch up with people and spend a long time. Usually my conversations are efficient and quick and, you know, there's a lot to do on a daily basis. And now that things have slowed down, I'm getting real opportunities to bond with people and, and stay on the phone for sometimes 30, 40, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and, and really have a chance to, you know, do one-on-one -on -one and group, group conversations. It's been great. I mean, people, you know, people have to take advantage of the opportunity right now to, you know, whether it's catching up with family or, or, or even doing business and getting really, you know, deep with people and, and being able to connect and bond and talk about things outside of the music business. Right. Agreed. Nice. Cool. Um, you know, we're all using technology in all these, in all these ways, um, in regards to the business and, um, in regards to kind of checking on people, but, um, in terms of just like entertaining yourself or just keeping yourselves, um, kind of sane, right. My, I have, I have a sanity check every Saturday night where I tune into various live DJ shows. So like, what are you, what are you using? What are you doing, uh, to kind of just like unplug because it's different when you, are going to the office and work in the office space, even though all of us work 24 seven, but you kind of know that when you're in an office space, you're confined to like, I'm on work mode versus going home and turning it off. But now that we're working from home 24 seven, um, you know, how do you try to find some time to, um, kind of do a sanity check and what are, and what are you doing? What is that for you? For me, it's, it's Saturday nights turning into various DJ shows and then texting with my friends and kind of hopping from one DJ show to the next on Twitch or via zoom. What are you guys using? I have a thing. Actually, I pretty much do it almost every day where maybe in the morning after I'm, I've worked or work out, um, I'll just go for a walk, get outside, get some fresh air. And like that's usually when I take in new music. So there's a new new album that's come out that week. That's like a good opportunity for me to, to take it in and sort of like clear my head. So um, kind of like two birds with one stone. But yeah, I try to do that as many times as I can through the week. How about yourself, Byron? Definitely. I think you lost your audio, Byron. I think you're on mute. I think you're on mute, buddy. Yeah, you might be on mute. Sorry, right, I'm back. I'm back. All right, um, all right. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think I think getting outside is important. I think um, just being confined to a space, like we need to we need to get some fresh air if we can do it safely. I also have a five month old, so when I'm not working, I'm I'm there, and that's that's taking up all my time. But but it's important to check out, especially when you're working from home and you don't have that separation from from the office to, to home life. You need to you need to find time, whether it's in the morning or in the evenings, just like take some time and do something that, that feeds your soul. Caroline, I saw you shook your head there. Did you have uh, some experiences yeah, I, you want to share? I'm in L.A., so I like to just jump in the car and take a quick drive. And it's so yeah. important for me to and feel the sun like i'll be working till like 4 or 5 p.m and i'm like jesus i need to go outside you know so yeah. taking that second outside all these guys know i have a dog that i love so much so i spend time <laughs> with him and i take him out and like like jordan i mean i'm like taking my phone out and like 
I I never have binged TV like that. There's like a few shows, but now I'm on Netflix binging, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, really good shows, some good docs. Um, but yeah, and then that allows me. TV is actually like my escape to just like chill. So um, found some good series. Yeah. I love to Mindy Kaling. Never have I ever show. I think it's adorable, but. Yeah, being outside is probably <laughs> the most important thing for me. And then again, like Matthew said prior, like I want to like having the phone conversations with my friends and the support group, just being able to see them and you know just catch up is is important to me as well. Great, I appreciate that, guys. So I want to shift the conversation a little bit now to talk more about artists um, and maybe some of the challenges that they may be facing or opportunities they might have in this COVID-19 era. Um, we just talked about technology and how we're using technology to kind of connect with people, to keep our kind of check our sanity and things like that. Um, how are artists using technology to engage their fans? And has, it, has that experience changed now that um, you know, everyone's at home? I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw those over to Zach. Cool, thanks, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's really become a important vehicle. So, you know, there's a lot of content out right now and a lot of artists are jumping on live on Instagram. I feel like that's probably the biggest, you know, useful platform at the moment. I mean, people's album release strategies have totally changed and, you know, you can't really do as much promotion as they used to do. So, you know, artists are taking that opportunity now to, to talk one-on-one with friends and, you know, sometimes they can pull on, you know, whether it's, whether it's individual fans or, you know, jumping on another brand's account and doing some sort of cross promotional conversation, but all these artists are now, you know, taking to their social media and, and using it as a way to, you know, either connect with their fans directly and give them some sort of better experience. So it's a lot of great technology out there. And a lot of companies are trying to put together meet and greets where, you know, whether the artist wants to charge for it or not, or, you know, they just want to, you know, use it as a platform to connect. I think there's a lot of good opportunity, especially for younger artists right now on the come up, where if even if there wasn't COVID going on right now, they wouldn't be making that much money touring. That was a really good opportunity to get on your social and find ways to, you know, even if you have 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers, you know, get on there and talk to them and, and collect cell phone numbers, collect email addresses, find out where people are located and, and really sort of put together data of your fan base so you can, you know, continue to grow it. I think that's actually a really good point. Um, you know, we've been using social media, obviously, for many years to engage with and connect with fans. Uh, one thing that's been a constant uh, discussion is how do we actually capture the data um, and own that data? So you're really owning that relationship with the fan base. Um, this That existed before COVID-19 and it exists now, but I think now so it's even more important because of, I think someone mentioned earlier, you know, we have a lot more uh, content out on the internet. So um, I'll, I'll throw this over at uh, Matthew. You know, what what are some ways that um, you know artists are able to engage with fans and then continue that conversation, like maybe after a live stream or something? Well, I mean, I think Zach kind of touched on that already um, a bit, but it's just like right now, there's only so much you could do. You know, like obviously, IG Live is is the main platform that a lot of artists are using to reach out and connect with fans directly during this time. Um, of course, Zoom, um, certain, you know, digital activations. But it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, if you're if you're an artist that's promoting anything, uh, whether it's a new single or an album, 
it's like it's very imperative for you to have high activity on on social media on anything digital right now because people are stuck inside so i think again it's just like what what we've been seeing is what i would expect to continue um through the rest of this quarantine i will say though is like you know i don't necessarily know how much longer the engagement rate is going to be so high because again i just feel like the IG live and the live streams and although that's all that we have as tools, it's becoming a bit oversaturated. And so I'm intrigued to see what that looks like and what managers who have artists that are promoting singles or music or anything uh, in general, I'm, I'm interested to see what they end up doing to try to switch things up and do something innovative and fresh while we're all stuck indoors. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, to build off of that i mean i think as the ig live and stuff like that gets a little bit oversaturated and artists are are home and they have time right now there's like small things that they could do whether you're like uh whether you're a, an artist that is has had success or you're an artist just coming up is like jump into you you can reply to people or jump into your ig comments and reply to people something that you wouldn't have done before because you don't have time i feel like now is the time to just go into those places and just start interacting with people. Um, and whether you're a new artist, I mean, you can jump into other artists, YouTube comments and start having start sparking conversations there as well. I think that's a good point. Um, I actually want to talk about co- collaboration a little bit. One thing that I helped to arrange was, um, so I have a, I have an online coach, personal trainer coach, <laughs> which I actually had before this. So it's, it's, that continuity is good. Uh, but he has 1.3 million Instagram followers. And one of my buddies, who's a DJ slash producer, um, really good, but he has about 50,000, 60,000 followers. And I, mm-hmm. I introduced them to do a live workout slash DJ ex, uh, Instagram feed, which they did for the first time, where on the bottom of the IG live was uh, the DJ, DJ live, and at the top was the trainer doing a live training session. And he had people tune in. So that was a really interesting collaboration for both of them. They were super excited about it. Um, people working out from home has a live DJ, you know, DJing their workout and you have this amazing trainer training you. Tell me some examples of collaborations that you've seen come out of this, or, um, maybe if you can't name names, maybe collaborations that are in, in, under, in the way uh, or, or underway. Um, but that's just one example of, uh, of, of one that I saw, which I helped to put together. Any of you seen any interesting collaborations? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I can jump in. I mean, the my favorite thing that I've seen is the Versus series with the songwriters. That's like, like I think based on what Byron and Matt was saying, just to underscore the point, we have to be really uh, creative going forward so we're not just saturating it. So it's like, what can we do that's really different? Offer somebody something, offer the fans something that they're not getting from everybody else. And with the Versus series where the songwriters and producers are, are you know, kind of like song battling that's so cool and obviously not everybody can do that but like in that spirit to be able to collaborate bring two different fan bases together and piggyback on the two but then offer something that's unique to those two artists i think that's really cool and i think artists should keep doing that you know trying to do like innovative things for sure absolutely and there's so much content out there right now to look at i mean her has been doing a series every week yeah. um, where she has different artists jump on called Girls with Guitars. It's been great. Um, you know, the, the you know the verses have been great. Obviously, Tory Lanez jumped on quickly and started doing his quarantine radio. People mm-hmm. who are taking advantage of new ideas can really 
grow their their fan base and and make a name for themselves right now. You know, SZA has yeah. been doing sound bath, uh, you know, sessions and and has bringing special guests on. Kehlani's uh, got an album coming out this week, and every day for an hour she jumps on and just answers questions from fans and chats with them. You know, if you're a fan right now or a new artist, there's a lot of opportunity to go out here and and learn things and and see what other artists are doing and and get involved. And there's also yeah, a lot of collaborate with happening. Collaborate where, with other artists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll take this. I'll direct it first to Matt. Then we'll go to Jordan. Then we'll go to Byron. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just 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 really quickly to that point. To your point, Zach, and also Byron. I think yeah. Um. Now is the perfect time to strengthen your fan base as an artist. To strengthen, you know, um, your your bond between your fans. You know, as as uh, Byron mentioned, doing things like interacting on IG and you know doing things like what Kalani's doing, hopping on and answering questions. Where it's not necessarily just a lie for the sake of going on live and doing something there's a purpose and i think that's the biggest thing is like everything that you do has to have a purpose and i think now is a perfect time for that you know what i mean just like going out connected directly with your fans we have the ability to do that through social media which is great especially right now so when we do come back and you know the industry opens back up you know you're going to have a lot more diehard fans that were super appreciative of you connecting with them and strengthening that bond between you and them that are just going to support you even more so I think that's a really good point to underscore. Mm. Do you want to add to that, Jordan or Byron? Yeah, I was going to say something quickly. There's something interesting happening where where you, you're able to tune in, like your, your your favorite artists are at home, and you're getting something. Uh, you're connecting with them on a lot more personal of a way now, because and and it's almost like everybody's leveled in a sense, where everyone's sort of experiencing something at the same time. So I feel like when you when you tune into your favorite artists on you know whatever the platform is and you're, and you're having that that like more intimate connection because they're at home and it's like you're at home and like you're sharing experience so it's yeah i think we're we, you get to you get to sort of connect with the artists on a different way than maybe would be normal for normal times so which is pretty cool hmm. cool um let's talk a little bit about um brands and live music and this era i mean brands have been a part of live music for obviously for for decades being able to make it possible for touring sponsorships um, creative brand partnerships for fan experiences um i used to be the head of marketing of a retail chain called chic shoes and in that role i did all the brand partnerships for for music and um live was a big component of it because i sponsored spot dates and put artists on tour and and, and pr produced in mall concerts um, how are brands able to uh, participate in this new era right now where it's all kind of direct to consumer, direct to fan experiences via live? How, how do you, have you seen any brand integrations that seems authentic and not over, not forced, uh, but, but helpful or creative? Um, I can jump into that one. Um, with sure. Jesse, we we had a couple opportunities right at the at the top of this um, at the top of this lockdown. Before this was probably what Zach like four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first one came. The first one came via Jameson Whiskey, which is a, a super brand to Jesse, um, and it was it was a, to do a live stream on Jesse's YouTube channel. Um, which was a, a live performance. It was four songs and we were able to do something there where we were actually, we raised money to cover the cost of her band's um, 
lost wages that they lost on the tour that we had to cancel. So that was a cool one. And then another one that we did was um, with the makeup brand Nyx, um, where Jesse actually got to go onto their Instagram channel and go live from their channel. So she wasn't oversaturating her channel and her fans with this, like with a similar thing twice. We were actually um, moving into their fan base and their followers and doing something. So, and to go just jump back to that last question, I, I think that that's important with these lives and these IG lives is making sure that you're finding a way to collaborate and collaborate with somebody else or somebody else's fan base or somebody else's following. So you're not just giving your fans the similar, the same thing over and over and over again. You're, you're getting in front of other people the same way, you know, at a festival, you're playing in front of people, you know, X amount of people that know you and a whole sea of people that don't know you. Um, I think that's important to try and try, try and think of ways to do that and to get in front of new fans and new followers and bring them into your world. Mm. Yeah, exactly. We always try to make sure we're not um, oversaturating the market. So even when it comes to live touring as agents, you know, we want to make sure that artists are not playing the same city too many times in one calendar year, you know, not playing the same market or the same city with the exact same, you know, music, if they haven't dropped a new song or put out a new album, it's important for us not to um, make the fans pay for concert tickets and to see the exact same show. We try to make sure that the video content has changed, that there's new songs out there. So, you know, this, we're taking the same sort of concepts and applying that to these virtual opportunities right now and, and making sure that, you know, they're not on the same channels, you know, like Byron said, you know, we, we don't want to have Jesse on her Instagram you know, live too many times doing the same show. So we'll move it over to YouTube or we'll make sure she gets on the brands, mm -hmm. you know, the brands channel instead. You know, it's, it's uh, also actually, important not to make oh, sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's also important, you know, as we try to find ways as agents to monetize, you know, we want to make sure we're being, you know, and, and we're caring about the fact that, that the fans, a lot of people have lost jobs, you know, money is tight right now. We want to make sure there's a charity component involved and brands are working really hard you know, to change their marketing budgets from what they originally were. You know, a lot of brands were giving money to music festivals, which all got canceled. And, and you know, pretty much everything other than television advertising has been pulled right now. And they're trying to find ways to spend that money where it's effective, you know, where it's some sort of charity components involved. So there's no public, you know, backlash. And it's important right now to have conversations with brands. We used to, as agents, mostly take incoming calls where the brands would have a campaign in mind. They're looking for artists for it and would let us know what type of artists they're looking for to do their campaign. Now we're making outgoing calls to brands and we're telling them we've got this artist with this album coming out with this idea. Is there a way you can fund it or help fund it in, you know, in a way that's creative that, that will help your brand as well as our artists. So. Oh, that's very insightful. I appreciate that. That actually brings me to the next topic I want to talk about, which is kind of best practices. Um, we talked about already, that uh, there's been there's obviously best practices in live in terms of you know not playing the same market too much or diversifying um you know your your routing and so forth uh but what kind of best practices are starting to bubble up that we're seeing from the last six seven weeks of, of the lockdown um that um we're now putting that you're now putting into place um or you can recommend to you know new artists or emerging artists as, things that you've seen that maybe um, you know, we've learned during this COVID-19 time in terms of um, engagement, in terms of content creation, in terms of content distribution or release? Um, what, what are some best practices? I'll jump, I'll start with Carolyn. 
I think it's important to have structure and be organized with how you are putting out content and um, making sure you discuss with the team too, because it is this time where there is a lot of content, but at the same time, you want to be mindful of what goes out during this time. So making sure that you and your team talk about, okay, if I go on IG Live, what am I discussing? How am I discussing? Um, what am I performing? You know, so that if I do something, you know, Matthew knows as well and Daniel Caesar knows as well. You know, so I think the most important thing right now is being organized, you know, with your team to make sure that everything comes out the right way. Matthew, have you seen any unique wanna... best practices that are coming out of this era? Um, I mean, more so like kind of revelations. It's funny because uh, me and the guys, uh, Jordan and our DC team, we were having a conversation probably like two days ago and we kind of had a revelation. We were just like, man, like, you know, I think we've all seen reports about streaming, you know, taking a slight dip uh, in this time. And that to me really was a surprise um, because I guess at the beginning, we all didn't know collectively, like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like people are going to be home more. So you, you tend to think the obvious thing is, okay, well, everybody's home, they're inside. So they're able to listen and to digest more music because they have the time to. But one thing that we realized is like, yo, music is music intake and, and ingestion is really socially based. And a lot more than I even gave it credit for initially, to be honest. But it's like, yo, just hopping in the car and like bumping that new Drake or that new party or that new Kalani as I'm driving to my meeting or I'm driving to the gym. And then like I got my AirPods in and then I'm listening in the gym like we've lost all of that. And that's why we're mm. seeing that dip in streaming. So I think it's really important mm. for us as managers and agents and, and just collectively who represent artists to take that in mind and be, okay, well, there's a huge, um, you know, weight placed on the social aspect of taking and enjoying music. And I think that's one thing that moving into, you know, the next chapter of Daniel and Charlotte's, you know, um, stories, we're definitely going to keep in mind. It's just like, you know, Maybe, maybe if we're still in this place in three, four months and we want to drop an album, maybe we reconsider. Maybe we, we restructure and reimagine how we approach that. Like, there's so many different ways to think about it, but that was a huge revelation that we had uh, that I think people should definitely take note of. I don't know if you want to mm -hmm. touch on that, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think you covered it. I, I would actually, I, I kind of wanted to expand on, on Caroline's point a bit because I think it's so important, like, the organization and, and really to underscore the communication aspect, you know, our, our opportunities for promotion are limited. So if you're an artist who has, is in a position where you have a team, no matter how substantial your team is, you want to communicate and early enough that you're giving everybody an opportunity to go out and maximize their opportunities. And then there's going to be that crosstalk where getting input from your agents and your publicists and everybody that you have on your team to sort of strengthen your ideas and you have enough time to execute, but we really have to maximize our, our promotional opportunities because, you know, the obvious is we're, we're very limited now. So I think that's really important to, to keep in mind. Nice. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, just kind of milestones or how do early or emergent artists kind of make sense of what they should be doing right now. One of the things that I, I've been seeing across, you know, just the internet and, and the blogosphere and the um, various music industry press publications are kind of more established artists kind of giving pep talks about continuing to write, you know, continue to do this, do these things, you know, try to stay active. Um, 
And then I look at you know, smaller emerging artists trying to kind of scrape together a plan or to keep themselves doing something, engaging. Um, so what do you think uh, that kind of indie artists should uh, look at as milestones or, um, you know, what are they, how should they be navigating this? Line? Or what are some examples? I can start on that. I mean, I think in specifically in this time, while it's we're, everybody's home and it's really limited, jump it's, in it's so difficult. Can you, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was just saying, like, it's so difficult for us to go here. out and make a real connection with with our fans. But as a new artist, I think it's, you know, online, really making a connection as much as possible. So, like, the examples that Byron was setting, if you go in your comments and you comment and you respond to people, that shows them that you're engaged and you're going to, they're going to be, you know, everyone's going to see that. They're going to be a lot more likely to engage because they think that it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. So I think right now, if, if there would be a milestone, I think it's maybe a bunch of little milestones. It's like, you know, I had that connection with that, that fan today and that's growing and you're seeing your engagement growing because that's really all we have. But I think that's, that's what I would focus on right now. If, if I was a new artist and trying to build, I would, you know, there's a, there's a kid that I was watching, you know, yesterday and, and he was just, you know, he put together a, a sort of like a, a performance that was like he was he allowed uh, it was on Instagram live, but he used it in a different way where he was allowing fans who were actually, you know, in, in the performance to sort of come in that were watching him and he could sing with them and things like that. And it's like it's just the engagement was so powerful. So I think that's what I would focus on as a new artist. Nice. Just to, to add to Matt's point a little bit, I think that you to add to Matt or to Jordan's point a little bit, I would say that um, if I was a new artist, I would spend like I would segment my day to like two hours a day of just fan engagement and just like find different ways to engage with people on a one-on-one -on -one level, mm -hmm. asking questions. If you ask a question in a comment, often you'll get four or five or six people or more coming in and answering that question and then you're you're now just you're not just increasing the engagement so I, w I would segment a part of the day to to making sure you're just like overly engaging with your fans and just get getting in the weeds with them making them feel like they're a part of it um and then also i would say just work on your craft right now like just record write. i mean you touched on that for a sec day but like I think now is the time where the, like if, if you're we're at home, if you have a home set, set up or a home studio, or even if you don't, you should learn and get one and and work on that craft and just build things from build things from home and, and, and perfect it. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. You know, All I, right. I would just add um, on the live side. Yeah, so I'll, go ahead. No, but it's okay. I mean, so, you know, on the live side, you know, understand that this will be over at some point, right? We don't know if it's two months mm -hmm. or six months, but, you know, at some point artists will be able to go back out and, and do these performances and, and don't underestimate the idea of having grown your fan base in your hometown or in your, in your, in your home region, whether it's the Northeast or the Southeast or on the West coast, if you have 300 new fans that you've made over this period of time, when you go out and do a show, when this all dies down, you know, agents, uh, managers, you know, they're studying different data and demographics, you know, trying to set up a way to, um, you know, find out who those new artists are in those territories. I have promoters all the time submitting 
local artists in, you know, in the, the regional cities around the country who can sell hundred tickets, who can sell, you know, 200 tickets as, as support options, you know, when we book our big headliners. So, you know, don't underestimate the fact that you've taken the last six months, built up your fan base locally. You can go out and perform and, and, you know, have 200 people show up and, and buy a $10 ticket to your show. Cause you know, we, we yeah. will find that out. Mm. Sorry, Dad. You can send it back to you. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, you know, I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna take some some viewer questions now. I appreciate all of your comments so far. Um, I'm gonna start with uh, first question: How do I get an internship in the industry when most require college credits? That's a oh, I can touch on that for question. us. I mean, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, for, for us as as, as mm -hmm. managers and, and producers, like, uh, we don't require college. Like, it, I think it's about, you know, making relationships yeah. with people and being around the scene and, and knowing that, uh, you know, you're asking around and, and um, I think the personal relationship goes a long way. So it doesn't require having a, a, a internship, a college degree for us. If, if you do want to go to a company that does have or require college credit, um, reach out to your local uh, community college. Because a lot of the community colleges um, have programs where you can do an internship or get credit for that. So I suggest definitely reaching out to your community college, your local one. Nice. Day, I think you might have frozen. There's, there's a did you, did you, definitely did a three-second delay on here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got you, Day. Should we just look look at the questions ourselves? Yeah. See the next. Are you back? There's thirteen thousand people over. in here, though, so that's good. Yes. Shout out to y'all, man. Yeah. All right. Next question. I will. Back day. Yep. Got one on here. Right, right now. Right now. Yeah. Am I going to raise that for a moment? <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, advice for people who make content based around music. For example, podcast articles. Huh. Not, not the most specific question. <laughs> I think the ne the next like, question like that the, I see in the, the chat here is question. the uh, yeah. You want to read it? Read it out. Yeah, C yeah collaboration so is hard right now. How should one collaborate during this time? Uh, I can I can jump around here. Um, one thing that that I've been doing is again, I mean, as a producer first, and I'm assuming that they're talking about music, but if not, I'll, I'll answer anyways. But um. Yeah, a lot of it is just, you know, online um, with either friends that you may have or even if there's people who you wanted to work uh, work with in the past, you know, reaching out to them. Again, you got to remember, everybody's in the same position this year. And so everybody is home. 
you know, with time, you know, generally speaking, on their hands. So one thing I've been doing is like, you know, artists that I've been wanting to work with over the past couple of years that I haven't had the time to, because we've been doing a million different things. I've been reaching out to them, reaching out to friends, like even back from like high school that like I enjoyed collaborating with back then, reaching back out to them and just being like, yo, we have time. We're all indoors. You know, I love the art of collaboration and I don't necessarily get a chance to do it as much as I'd like on a normal day to day. So let's just, let's just create. I'll make an idea. I'll send it to you over email. You send it back to me, you know, new people that I haven't collaborated with before, trying new relationships, people who I've admired over time, just like really just experimenting, you know, even people who may not necessarily make sense when you look at our names together. It's just like, yo, we have time. Like you have anything that you want to send to me and see, see what's your, see where that ends up. But I think definitely, even though we can't physically be around the same place, it's like, luckily we have email, we have internet and that's, that's our biggest tool asset. So I would say use that. Mm. Totally. All right. All right. Am I back? Dave's back. Dave's back. Yeah, he's back. Welcome back, bro. Thank you very much. Um, so let's see. What do we talk about? The collaboration. Did we talk about collaboration? Collaborations um, we hard right now. How should we, we just, go about? I, we just did I just that. Just wait on that one. Got it. Got it. Okay, where, where are we at now? What happens? What happens to artists whose careers are focused on touring and don't make a lot of records or streaming? Well, I mean, obviously, um, when you talk about legacy artists who touring uh, uh, was for some legacy artists, touring is well, you know was super important, um, and then for some, they're not touring as much, and and it was streaming. So. You know, it really depends. But um, he says, so artists whose careers are focused on touring and don't make a lot of records or streaming, what happens to them? I think yeah. I think I think, yeah, I think she was even like they don't they don't make a lot on records. So basically, like they they don't make a lot of their revenue from from streams, but it's more going out and and um, um, interacting with their fans. I think that's a really good question. I, I don't even know. I'd be curious to see the exact. Caroline, like, what do you guys think? Caroline, you want to take take this? I mean, it's a good question. It's a tough question, yeah, I mean, man. You know, legacy artists. I mean, legacy artists are in a tough place. There's there's no question that if you you know made a majority of your revenue from touring, um, you know, these six to to eighteen months are going to be tough. You know, some estimates people are saying, you know, we got driving concerts right now um some states are opening back up missouri uh you know georgia florida you know some some states look like we're about to start doing you know reduced capacity shows um and then there's a lot of experts talking about we're not going to have you know real concerts with large amounts of people until fall of 2021 so if you made a majority of your revenue off touring it's going to be a tough uh, a tough grind and i think people need to figure out how to use their you know social media to um not social media but all this new technology to, to figure out ways to monetize it you know, the, the virtual meet and greets where you can do one on one or one on, you know, groups of four and have individual conversations with people, you know, people's merch shops that traditionally just sold sweatshirts and hoodies. You can put on there, you know, each each T-shirt that you buy comes with a two minute FaceTime conversation. So when you're buying, you know, when you're buying merch, you, you know, you get a FaceTime with the artist, Maybe, you know, little things like that in order to try and figure out you know ways to monetize it, because it's going to take a long time before people are back comfortable going to shows. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think people just need to get creative right now with what they have and, and find ways. Um, especially especially artists who I mean artists who are in record deals, they're not they don't see that streaming money. You know, the majority of their money comes from from touring and festivals and, and brand stuff like that. So I think it's just about being creative. Like Zach said, you can use your your online store to do super creative things, sell experiences. You know, if there's a charity component, people people love to to dive into that, especially right now. So, yeah, just think outside of the box. Okay, we're, so we're getting towards the top of the hour here. Um, what's um, what's a one piece of advice you have for aspiring agents, artists, and managers that uh, you wish you'd maybe had uh, when you started out? I'll start with start with Jordan. Um, okay. It looks like we have to wrap up. So really quickly, like one piece of advice, um, uh, really lean and rely on your network and your people, whoever you have around you, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions and, um, you know, like you're only as strong as your network. So I think manager, agent, you know, artist, producer, whatever it is, like lean on, lean on your people, whoever you have access to and, and um, soak as much information up as possible. That's, I think I would leave it at that. Hey, Carolyn, team. I think we got to wrap it up. I, yeah. I, yeah, I would say just yeah, no. focus, keep your focus on you and don't look at what other people are doing because again, you're looking at social media like, oh, these people are doing so much more. But definitely focus on you and your path with your team. Nice. Right. So I want to thank you guys for joining us today. It's been um, Interesting. Uh, your insight has been great. The technical stuff we're all dealing with as um, our entire infrastructure dealing with extra uh, bandwidth. But um, I think the viewers at, at home uh, appreciate uh, the time you set aside for us today. So uh, once again, uh, thank you, Carolyn, Zach, Matt, Jordan, and Byron. Um, viewers, please stick around. We have another discussion coming right up at the top of the hour. Thank you very much. Thank you.